Hey everybody, welcome back to the Great and Terrible AHS. We're doing Season 1, Episode 10, Smoldering Children, which is a title that gets you put on a list. Hey everybody, I'm here with uh, Miss Shadow Lovely and Slow Beef. Hey gang, how's hey. it going? Hello. This episode features the worst twist. <laughs> I just, I'm going to get out of the way. I want A lot of people will put up warning for different content. Like, it's American Horror Story, so there's going to be all sorts of gruesome, terrible things. But I want you to know, there's a plot twist that, like, made me groan so loud, I had to, like, stretch out my abs afterwards. Like, I took, I took damage from groaning. It sucks. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, they really stretch um, what few plot threads... Uh, quote unquote come together very far in this episode in my opinion um, this episode felt like um, the already not super great writers of American Horror Story uh, went on vacation for a week and made like some intern write the story they were like here's the general like skeleton of the outline of the plot um, you just write in what you think makes sense um, and they did and they were like you know what close enough and then they printed it as an episode. This episode is the exact same length as the previous one, but it feels like only 18% um, of the things that happened in the previous episode happened in this one. Yeah, uh, well, a lot of it, too, is kind of like revisiting plot threads that were 90% closed and then opening them back up fully and then closing them instantly again. It, it feels super unnecessary. Uh, for example... Uh, Larry probably has more runtime in this episode than any other, and it's mm -hmm. also probably the worst Larry content of the whole show, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, um, Larry definitely takes a capital L here. Um, also, he is a different character. Just so we're clear, um, this is not the Larry that we have met for the first seven, like six or seven episodes of this television yeah. show. <laughs> this is a man that they didn't want to make another character for. Um, that they just decided would be Larry. <laughs> he also forgets what happened in the scene prior multiple times mm -hmm. where he'll like have a moment of like resolute strength and then just snap back to being Larry again. I'm a little guy. Um, I guess we should get started. It starts like literally all the other episodes where it's a flashback to a different point in Murder House. Um, it's mm -hmm. nebulously 1994, some point in 1994, where a bunch of things happen in Murder House. What's the timeline? Who knows? I can't be bothered to figure it out. Um, the opening scene of the, or the opening statement of the scene is just, I think it's Larry saying, ladies and gentlemen, the ham, which I thought mm. was very funny. Um it's very and typical dad kind of things, right? Yeah, yeah big dad energy. Mm -hmm. uh, presenting this like, ham covered in pineapple and cherries which i feel like is like a 1960s thing not a 1994 thing i don't know maybe i'm wrong i don't know if that's a stereotype for the 90s i was born only a year prior to this so i wasn't really wasn't, thinking about hams it wasn't really it was more of an 80s thing truthfully or even 60s it was like one of those like um picket fence sitcom family kind of things is the ham like yeah. like even like kids in the hall are like lampoon the ham a lot you know what i mean that kind of thing Love my it's like the spiral ham. ham with the pineapple slice. It's like a stereotypical kind of thing, you know? Yeah, hey, old man, tell us about me back in your day when the hams were king. No, the ham, the <laughs> ham was dead by the time I was growing up. We didn't have the ham in our house, okay? We had yeah. ham steak. Which was I was born in Ooh. 1990. By the time I formed memory, we had already gotten rid of all pigs on the planet. <laughs> so I'm ham-free here. Um... So they bring in the ham, and it's 
Larry, Tate, Constance, and Addie as a family dinner, quote unquote. Um, and I think like Constance starts to say grace or something, and then Tate interjects and is like, no, no, let me do it, let me do it, let me do it, let me do it. This is gonna be cool. This is gonna be cool. <laughs> and Constance is like, huh, it's yeah. not gonna be cool, but you're gonna do it. And um, yeah, Tate does like the most what a teen thinks would own his parents yeah. in his mind thing and is like thanks god for making larry such a piece of shit yeah <laughs> so he cheated on his wife and my and mom's like, a whore you know, and and killed my brother or whatever because yes. it's unclear whether or not Beauregard is like part of this fan <laughs> they still aren't really sure what Bo's character is <laughs> Yeah, so, and it's just like, oh, Tate, you piece of crap, you know, whatever. And, uh, yeah, so basically, you know, at, uh, what is it? Yeah, like, um, yeah, the Addy has to, like, you know, he has to be like, Addy, you can't, like, you're not allowed to like Tate, because, uh, I'm sorry, Addy, you're not allowed to like Larry because of our brother and all that, and mm-hmm. <sighs> whatever. And then Larry tries to be like, now Tate. Don't don't be so mean. And then Tate's like, your whole family uh, made themselves dead with fire because you cheated on your wife with my shitty mom. Yeah, and then, actually, uh, yep. and then Larry's just kind of like, that's a good point, son. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we cut to, uh, then yeah, we cut to Tate doing. I think unfortunately this is supposed to be crushed up stimulants again. I think this is them trying to just be like, oh yeah, fuck Adderall and people yeah. who use it, I guess. Like, yeah, because it's the weird. The thing that they feel the need to do, all the, the thing that media in general feels the need to do, that's just like, yeah, oh, you know, the morally incorrect medicine, Adderall. <laughs> like, <laughs> so they're having him crush up and snort lines of Adderall or whatever equivalent they have him do. And it's. Yeah, all those meth heads crossing off their to do list sufficiently. <laughs> I hate seeing it. Anyway. Yeah, Yeah, and and then so I guess he's getting ready to go shoot up a school, which it's unclear why. Like, I think this is supposed to be a further of like the medication doesn't work; it just makes me worse, man. I think that that's what they're trying to do. Is like they gave him some drugs to try and help him in school, and it just made him worse, man. Like that's it's not charitable, but I do think that's what they're going for because they do it. A lot. They've done it multiple times across multiple seasons now, so I think they have a weird vendetta against Ritalin. Is it the drug? Is it the haunted house? Did Tate? Was Tate just like this? Take your pick. We don't feel like it. You know? Yeah, because they like they never mention him taking any kind of medication before this scene, and I honestly thought it was cocaine because I didn't see him crush up a pill. Um, I think they just really like the visual of like someone doing a stimulant and then doing a murder. That's probably the reality. Yeah, sorry, I'm thinking too deep. You're right. <laughs> you're they right, love you're it. Right. They love to have someone do. It's like the opposite cocaine. of Occam's razor. Like, what's the explanation that probably had them do the least amount of work? Is <laughs> yeah. the most likely, you know, <laughs> Occam's he, lazy razor or something. He's also like he's setting up like a bunch of guns, like a bunch of guns, um, mm-hmm. for the school shooting that he's going to do. But like. If they're in so incessant about making us see more scenes about this goddamn thing we already know happened and yeah. it doesn't serve the plot, like, why are you bothering showing us scenes that don't give any more information? Like, for example, hey, okay, so let's say for just giggles well, that he is being motivated by the house. Um, 
Is the house giving him guns? Like, where is he getting the guns? He's 16 and it's 1994 and we have never seen this particular character have any proclivity towards like hoarding firearms. Where is he getting all of these guns? Mm-hmm. Or stimulants for that matter. They don't. Yeah, you know, not to mention it. Yeah, because, you know, that's the other thing, too. Like, Constance doesn't seem like the type either to be like, I'm going to get you a therapist, and then we're going to, like, get whatever the medication. You know what I mean? She seems like the one who'd be like, oh, hush, you just need some good old-fashioned tea or some crap, you know? if they... If they started going into how Tate acquired the guns, then they would have to have an actual, honest, frank, deep discussion about how easy it is to acquire firearms in America, and they are not ready for that. There is not a snowball's chance in hell they can handle that topic, so they probably were just like, he has them. Yeah, yeah. He's got them. Exactly. it's fine. He's got, like, so many of them. It's no big deal. Every 16-year-old in 1994 had access to this many firearms. Yeah, uh, big, big and- gun state like California and Los Angeles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. man, I forgot. Oh, fuck, yeah, you yeah. got me. All right, yeah. A state he was Sorry, born was and raised was- in. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking with my tiny Indiana brain. I forgot, right? <laughs> California, not everybody. Because you were even like, with access to that kind of guns. And I was thinking, I was like, oh, and I was like 16. Yeah, I about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. Um, yeah. So then Tate uh, decides to, in his full, most hot topic he get up, he can muster with the the biggest combat boots he could find, uh, walks into Larry's place of work. Um, just like this. in a full trench coat with a bunch of concealed weapons and what is very obvious, a can of gasoline. And like, nobody stops him or makes mention. This Nobody's like, excuse me, me, young man. What are you here for? Yeah. <laughs> nobody calls security. Nobody does anything. Even Larry. When so Tate goes into Larry's office and he's like, Tate, what are you doing here? Tate's like, and he's typing something in adding calculator. Gets distracted, types more stuff in the adding calculator, which is like he's holding a jerry can, dude. Like you know what he's gonna do or whatever. You know, or he's got like something's weird enough that it's like you can stop working. You know what I mean? Like you, this is important. Like not like pause, but he doesn't. Then the part which that, that itself could be a payoff of like a dramatic irony, right? If they had, if they had made larry this guy who forgot his family because he was so wrapped up in his work and that was the downfall of his family sure having him turn away from the source of his you know the his greatest distress and just turn away because he's looking at his work could be something nope it's not no. and they didn't but it could have been i just and then he like God but then it. he like starts <laughs> pouring gasoline on larry and like again, Larry doesn't even like fight back. Really, yeah, he you just know? lets him dump the gas on him. He's like, "Oh no, I'm wet now." <laughs> He's Tate, just like, like, I was no. like, "Oh no, my suit! What are you doing? Stop this!" So then, and then Tate lights a match and like light, and he like puts sets him on fire, which is how Larry got burned. But like nobody really offers any real resistance to this. You know, it's just like yeah, ah, this- like nobody tries to stop him as he like walks out, and then he goes on to do a school shooting, like. Nobody bothered being like, hey, um, maybe see where this kid might be headed next. Um, He just set a man on fire in his office. So it's Luke again. The security guard who's late to everything. (laughs) That's office security. Also, (laughs) if there's one character that you don't need to explain how he got burned, (laughs) it's Larry who already has a tragic backstory involving a fire. Like he already is good. We could have just I assumed it was he came back 
saw his family, you know, immolating, broke down the door right? and in, you know, a, in an attempt to save one of them and drag them out or something, ended up with half of his body scalded. And that's why he has this, you know, whole thing going on. It made sense. It was a character. It was a man it, in a moment of error having regret. And the regret is, you know, physically manifest. You, like, that's the... You there's have, something there, but yeah. alas, poor Yorick. No, it's actually Taint. Taint showed up and lit him on fire, I guess. <laughs> lit his yeah. whole body on fire as well, which um, in case you're not watching along with us and you don't know what Larry looks like, oh, he looks like Two-Face from Batman. Like he, Only half of him is burned. Only like one half of his body, um, which makes this backstory even more confusing because he definitely got lit um, all the way on fire, like 100% of the way. My yeah. Now I have more questions as to... Hey, mm-hmm. how come that didn't fucking kill Larry? <laughs> how did Larry survive being oh. fully immolated? The other thing for me is like he only really loaded, lit his like coat on fire for the most oh. part and like I've had my clothing light on fire. You can you'll take some burns but like you can get it off. Okay. <laughs> like, it won't be like permanent forever like skin graft like you can you can get a coat off pretty quick he went to, if you need to. Didn't he go to jail for killing his family allegedly? Because like then it's like, well, so wait, the police didn't suspect him then when he married his neighbor and everything. Let him go back to work. And then he gets burned. And then they're like, oh, you know what? By the way, you, you're probably a murderer, too. I want to say that's a lie, that that was a weird lie he told Ben. But also, we don't have any concrete evidence to either prove or disprove that that is the case. Because Larry is such a wildly different character than the funny little gremlin who lived under the bridge that used to harass Ben Harmon on his daily runs. Right, and um, then he needs a thousand bucks for some reason, yeah. Yeah, it needed $1,000, and then wanted the house more than anything in the world, and now he has a different motivation um, that's unrelated to all of those things for some reason. Um, yeah, and then that's the opening, like, the opening of it. Um, what was accomplished? Um, we have now a second reason why Larry has burns on his body that we didn't really mm-hmm. particularly want or need. And now we know... <laughs> Tate hates Larry, which um, we yeah. <laughs> I would have assumed by default because he seems Tate seems to hate most adults just by default. Also, in case you're wondering, Tate and Larry um don't really interact this episode, so this has no payoff. Um, and yeah. they probably won't interact ever again. Honestly, um, we didn't need to develop these characters' uh relationship to one another because it doesn't affect the plot in any way. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so uh, opening sequence and then we cut to uh, the psych ward where um, Ben is, has shown up to Vivian. And uh, luckily, much like myself, who assumed it was a that last scene of, with them in the psych ward was a hallucination. Apparently, they've both forgotten it. <laughs> they've both just <laughs> forgotten that happened, which is great for this series because it makes it much easier to write. Uh, ben shows up to meet with Vivian, who is um, not immediately like, get out of here, you monster, because she forgot about the scene that happened earlier uh, and ben walks up and goes oh hey sorry by the way i said some stuff that was um that it was bad um and yeah also didn't yeah you you note this but he didn't think she could hear him she he assumed she was passed out right yeah, yeah he thought, thought she thought was so. like drugged and so him being like hey um sorry about all the really terrible awful shit i said while you were sleeping um is insane absolutely unhinged um ben has no self-preservation instincts if nothing else um 
I'll give him that. He doesn't deserve anything, but I'll give him that he's at least willing to own up to doing a thing for exactly 0.1 seconds, um, even to his own detriment. He will immediately forget that he gave a shit that he did that thing um, almost <laughs> instantaneously. It will go in his ear like a cartoon character and out the other ear. Um, but he does seem to at least acknowledge that he does a thing. Uh, usually when he does it, and this is a, a circumstance where he does that to his own detriment, but fortunately, Vivian doesn't give a shit. She's like, uh, I still hated you for literally all the other things you did, so you should fuck off. <laughs> um, I have uh, so so much other stuff to be mad at you about um, that I don't need an extra thing. This was honestly just the icing on the cake, I guess. Um, then he does the most... the. <sighs> The most Ben Harmon thing I could possibly imagine, which is he's like, oh, I know you just told me to leave, but I'm going to make myself at home real quick. Um, and then tell you something that your doctors explicitly just told me not to tell you because it will cause you great emotional distress. Um, I know you're in a psych unit right now because of a mental breakdown, because of psychological distress that I and everyone else around you has caused. Um, but I'm going to go against what the doctor says. And... Uh, I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, and then informs her that her assailant is the father of one of the two twins, which I know this is going to shock everybody, um, causes her great emotional distress. <laughs> uh, turns out the doctors were right. Um, mm -hmm. And now um, when I was watching this episode, I did have a moment of thinking um, where I was like, Hey, remember how there was the whole thing of every time Vivian left the house, the babies, one or both of them were like, no, you need to be in the house always. Yeah. And like did a weird thing that would make her start bleeding or like right, cause yeah. her physical distress. How has Vivian just been in the psych ward for like a week now? Or according to this, like 14 oh. days. <laughs> I have an answer. There was nothing to that whatsoever. And in actuality, they were just doing it to get her to the hospital to explain something messed up was going on and get some kind of plot, plot payoff. I'm sure there's another reason that you'll probably tell us, but that's my take. It's just they suck. But anyway, yeah. No, I, I honestly don't have an answer. I think oh. they just forgot that was a plot point that they had them do. I don't even think they, like, retrospectively give it an answer in season eight because they do that with a couple other plot threads but like i don't even think they retrospectively are like oh yeah all that weird stuff that was happening that was because of this or whatever um it <laughs> they just forgot they set that up like many of their ghost rules they just forgot that they set that up as a plot thread and then um we're kind of hoping we would also forget about it which to be fair if i was watching this one episode at a time per week and not writing detailed elaborate notes for a podcast maybe i would have but and, and speaking of forget ben then forgets this whole conversation in a way because then he goes to vivian like you can come home by the way in a few days and she's like no like why would no that's no so that's going well <laughs> Yeah, it, like, and, he says, like, you can't, like, like I'm going to pull some strings to get oh, you yeah. out of here in a few, full day, like, a few days, because there's a, uh, I guess, a legal hiccup with her shooting him, and I'm like, I don't, as long as you didn't press charges, I don't know that there would be. I think maybe you're just full of shit. Um, I think that she's in there because they thought that she had a psychotic break, um, which is also your fault, by the way. Uh, I don't think they, like, let you out for good behavior I, if the reason yeah. you're there is because you were a danger to people around you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I guess you could be like, okay, well, the, if 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 they, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, if the complainant's not going to testify, then whatever. But in reality, like, nothing that has happened in the show has been remotely, like, normal or anything. So who the hell? Like, why even give them that? Like, why even give them that, honestly? I'm talking to myself kind of here. It's like, it's not even like a thing. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't even know why I'm arguing that. They don't, they have no idea what they're doing on American Horror Story. So <laughs> um, that's a goddamn truth. So, uh, yeah, then like, uh, then what do you call it? Uh, oh yeah. Then the, 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 we go to Constance's house, speaking of the police. Um, and yep, it's, uh, there's like, they show this Barrios and Granger and, uh, I didn't, I props to you for getting their names. I was just like, whatever, more cops. And, um, so like they, they show her like photos of crime scene photos of Travis's body or whatever. So like, um, yeah, anyway, uh, why did they do that again? Are they, they haven't accused her yet, right? They're just like, he's gone. Oh, no, they found him murdered, and she, they just want information right now. Yeah, I guess on? they were, I I suppose, because this first scene is, like, wildly unclear as to why they're showing Constance very distressing images of Travis's mutilated corpse. <laughs> um, like, they're not married or anything, so unless right, yeah. Travis had no family, it's wild that they came to Constance's house. Um, <laughs> instead of just like calling and being like, hey, Mrs. Langdon, um, there's been a terrible tragedy. Uh, they're like, no, we need you to see the terrible, awful photos we took of the crime scene uh, in order to, I guess, establish that we know that you know that he's dead. Um, I guess to be fair, she's been around a lot, a lot, a lot of murder in her life. So maybe they're like, oh, Jesus Christ, Terry Constance again. But Yeah, this <laughs> fucking lady. Yeah. So she, yeah, they, yeah, they do just like, here's some pictures of your, you know, <laughs> dead dead boyfriend or whatever. So um, and then Ben is on the phone with the police about getting fingerprints done on the gym suit. Right. Because he's like, yeah, well, I want to find out who's, who's the father of the other kid and all that. And another police officer's here who's like uh is like hey i'm a truant officer your daughter hasn't been to school for two weeks and by and then all of a sudden there's like all these flies like tons of them around this like bowl of apples on their like living room table which he's like whoa we got a lot of flies here and ben's like yeah i guess i gotta call an exterminator which is like that's weird you know like if i were the truant officer i'd be like uh so what the hell is this you know and call somebody but the guy's like yeah whatever um yeah, and, and like the well, flies are all on the his... weird thing. Yeah. So the weird thing is he specifically and it it, it stood out to me because this is a wild thing for uh, for a cop to randomly call out is you've got a lot of blow. Flies. Yeah, blow flies. Blow flies uh. are a very specific type of fly that basically only show up around corpses mm. and like decay. So like. As soon as they said blow flies, I was like, oh, there's a corpse hidden somewhere in the building. Probably Travis's or whatever. But then I just remember, like, oh, wait, no. Okay, well, I don't know. So there's a corpse in here somewhere, which I guess is why we need to know that Travis was cut up and removed. Because otherwise, then the big twist of what corpse is it wouldn't be there, I guess. But, like, who cares? And, <laughs> who cares? And be, but I'm the truant officer, too. It's like, hey, your kid hasn't been to school for two weeks. Oh, hey, a bunch of flies that usually denote a corpse. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, time to actually, leave. Wait, yeah, now that you say it, that makes it worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, anyway, Ben, you know, but of course, Violet is upstairs, and Ben goes to see her, and he's like, uh, "Listen," and and then Ben is like, it, it does try, is like, I guess, trying to like reach her on some level because he's like, "Look, I know I've not been the best dad, you know, like, but we got to talk about uh, going to school." 
and and I, yeah she's just like i hate school or whatever and they bully me and he's like all right and he kind of makes like a deal with her like look you have to go tomorrow or there's gonna be a truant officer and meantime i'll look into getting you a new school okay and it seems like it's like not a great like thing well it's like all right i guess he's trying and we're back to it is he's attempting yeah Yeah, he is at least doing something to help violet it is like a weird moment of him being an okay dad um it is horribly outshadowed by the fact of it making me go oh shit yeah violet's in this show didn't she like (laughs) have psychic powers or something that's crazy (laughs) i wonder what she's been up to um because if for those playing along at home, Violet hasn't really been in the show in a meaningful way in like mm-hmm. since we found out she had psychic power. <laughs> so whatever. Um, yeah, and also Violet doesn't really have a reason to hate school anymore. Like she got through her bullying arc. Like literally, she got bullied. That bully got attacked. She then hung out with the bully and made peace with the bully and is now cool at school. I- like it. They forgot what Violet has yeah. done. They forgot she has psychic power. How is no? How is Violet not I, bringing up the psychic powers to anyone? And like, I could kind of, I could even like kind of forgive the show a bit in terms of just like she doesn't want to go to school because she's troubled or depressed or something, and that's just the excuse she gives Ben or whatever. But like again, I can't get why am I, why give the show anything? You know. Like, not even to be that fun, like, not even to make a joke, like, like it doesn't matter. Like, well, it's not even, <laughs> yeah, like, the problem isn't, it, the problem isn't that I'm giving them lenience, not, it's that they have provided evidence directly to the contrary. Yeah. Like, she would be more confident about going into school now. They built a plot line that said Violet is cool with going to school, <laughs> and then three episodes later, after they forgot about Violet, brought her back in and said, oh, yeah, she hates going to school. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah so oh god and yeah so anyway now we're back to larry and he's you know he's, he's making some chef boyardee and constance is there and she's like so my super hot yeah so travis died and then she like pulls out a knife she's like you killed him though. you killed him and then larry oh yeah then larry um <laughs> i forgot she was like threatening his dick and uh He's like, no, 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 somebody, somebody, I helped, but somebody in the house actually did it. And then, by the way, I've always loved you, Constance, which is like, oh, that's a thing, huh? I mean, well, I guess it was a thing insofar as, like, they were married and so, all, but, like, it's... It's weird that they bring it up because that's not who Larry was. It, it's the continual thing of Larry was supposed to be two different characters and then, like, became one. So it sucks whenever we see Larry, too, because we're like, <laughs> oh, I liked Larry one, though. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, that was a funny little guy who killed a lady with a shovel, like, yeah. without even hesitating. Like, he was... Like, that's my thing, is, like... You, there's not a way to rectify Larry two with Larry one. Like, mm-hmm. you can say I'm I'm not justifying it. I'm not saying it's like good writing or a good character. But like, you could say like, oh, Tate isn't awful anymore because he's taking ghost medication and also he loves Violet. What or whatever. I'm making the jerk off motion with my hand. Right. Um. Mm-hmm. But like Larry, oh, so you bad. can't. Oh, sorry. You can't. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I was right there. Anyway, you're right. You're right. <laughs> um, like Larry, you can't rectify the Larry that is down astronomically for Constance and like only wants to like get the house back for Constance so that Constance will love him 
you can't rectify that Larry with the Larry at the beginning of the show who's like I'm just a little goblin who hangs out in the park and terrorizes oh, Ben Harmon. <laughs> you mean the Larry who um arbitrarily committed murder for a thousand dollars for headshots <laughs> yeah and then like they were like oh no his motivation is actually the house and i'm like how is him killing hayden and getting a thousand dollars gonna get him the house <laughs> and like harassing ben Harmon. like what what does he get out of this that has anything standing to do in ben Harmon's backyard when ben jacks off yeah like what <laughs> what it's what's the end game here Larry? <laughs> and him being that like that's the thing is when I say that Larry is down astronomical for Constance, I mean like that's his entire character now. Like he's like I eat, sleep, live, breathe for Constance Langdon. Um a character he who was the, in <laughs> He's no. the annoying anime trope character of the one who is too horny that everyone fucking hates. The, yeah. You know the character that yeah. everyone wants gone from every series. He just becomes that only for Constance out of nowhere. Like he goes from being this funny little Mr. McSplicit just shows up and does wild shit to being the I haven't seen My Hero Academia, but apparently the terrible grape child is yeah. this. So I'm just going to say Larry turns into the terrible grape child and assume that's correct. Yeah, that but like not not horny. Like he's just like <laughs> I want I want to be Mr. Langdon, I guess. Like he just really really loves Constance. But my thing is like the first couple of episodes that we get Larry content, um he is next door to where Constance lives. Hell, Constance is in that goddamn house all the time. Constance is in the house where he is actively like menacing Ben Harmon almost every day. She's in that house more than she's in her own house. And yet he never sees her. He never interacts with her. He never tries to. He like waits until it's convenient for the plot to be like, actually, God <laughs> himself could not keep me from interacting with Constance Langdon. Uh, it, you just you literally can't rectify the two different Larrys. That doesn't make any sense, which makes um, the ending of Larry's like plot thread very very uh frustrating mm -hmm. for anyone who enjoyed Larry's little <laughs> antics at the beginning of yeah the show yeah uh, Larry one is gone now we are stuck with Larry two I regret to inform you they're going to retire him like a dog shit vintage as Larry two um and yeah so Constance tells Larry that um even cut in half and still a boy, Travis was twice the man he is. To which I say, Constance, please stop talking about how you were dating a boy. That's fucking weird and bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> also, he was like 35. Yeah. Yeah, he was older than I was. Come on, Constance. <laughs> Come on. Now going to refer to all my friends under the age of 40 as a boy. Oh, please. <laughs> I can't take this. <laughs> Oh my god, um, but yeah. As but yes, as even cut in uh, half both of boy. Yeah, I know, that's not true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Larry says, well, he is now, and because, um, yeah, she says, yeah. he's, yeah, he's La twice the man Travis is twice the man he is, and Larry goes, yeah, he is now, which is like a brief flash of Larry 1 mm. in the core of Larry yeah. 2. There's a moment of just like, yeah, he's twice as much as I am now, because he's in two pieces. Yeah, eh? no, like, I... <laughs> I'm with you. I, I think I like it was just I, I thought it was like weird because Constance like even half the man like she kind of she set it up for him so easy, you know, and it's just like but I guess you have to take yeah. it at that point. I you can't it. be doing that shit around Larry one. You Serious. can't set up a punchline around Larry one. He'll take it. He'll no, take he it will. in a heartbeat. 
Exactly. But anyway, so Constance leaves after after that sick burn on dead trap dead mutilated Travis. And we're back to Violet. And she's getting dressed for, I think, for school. Like, you know, she's like, all right, I'm going to go to school finally. She goes in the stairs and then, like, Tate suddenly, like, grabs her so she and covers her mouth so she doesn't scream. <gasps> anyway, Constance comes home and the detectives are there. And they're like, so we talked to the, the Korean guy who runs the grocery store. And everyone identifies him as Korean, you know? or You know what I mean? They keep doing that, like... And, uh, like, they keep, like... Which, if it was Indiana, would make sense, but it's California, yeah. so I feel like it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. everyone, huh? I know, it's so weird, and then, like, um... Do you think the grocery store is named, like, The Korean, and, like, that's what he goes by? <laughs> like, it's, like, the guy is, like, that's his thing? He's, like, oh, no, no, I actually like it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, 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 well, maybe, I yeah. made myself a character. <laughs> I, I honestly, like, I was gonna say, like, Constance is, like, weirdly extra racist in this episode, but, like, she's been calling him the Korean for like all of the show and I'm like you know what if he's like consenting to that that's kind of a hard nickname like that kind of goes hard like if he's okay with being called that that's I wouldn't mess with him I wouldn't rob his convenience yeah, the store. anything yeah there's a very there's an absolute force to having your name be the something it's sick it's you know like the bouncer for example <laughs> the hardest thing known to man <laughs> but um, yeah and so yeah they, they, they mentioned and they're just like yeah we talked to the, the guy who runs the grocery store and he said you and Travis would fight constantly is that the case and then Constance is like I what are you talking about and then does some racism about Japan which is always like that's it's but it was not dropping great. the bomb wasn't it wasn't that the thing yeah so, but like it's a yeah that's ridiculous she, too she explicitly mentions hiroshima she specifically yeah. references hiroshima but like that you know what it's like so ridiculous because it's like you know no matter how racist you are like come on you know that wasn't korea you know what i mean that's like ridiculous like they well, they sometimes make her like a caricature love racism <laughs> for, for like no discernible right. reason they're like mm, a character hasn't been racist in this show in like an episode or two i'm just, just saying the make pokes, constant say some shit just the, out of nowhere the pokes wouldn't have made that mistake you know what i mean like that's ridiculous i mean i'm not defending racism here Oh, I guess I kind of am. No, I'm joking. But, like, you know what well, I mean? Well, the good it's, news is Constance <laughs> knows what's in the sad box of the Pope room, that's, so yeah, she'll that's be true. upset. Um, so as she's being dumb about Korea and Japan, um, a knife just falls out of her purse because the girl's got no handles, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, damn, absolutely would have gotten the ball stolen from her by, the, uh, by, by any basketball team, no problem. Just flops the knife down on the damn floor. Uh, and the cop in like a very funny move. Yeah, the way you have written it down is basically correct. Which <laughs> the knife falls out, and he's just like, "Oh, what's up? Were you using that knife to be fucking racist?" <laughs> <laughs> And what he says exactly is Constance, one of the things she says earlier um, when she's being racist, she makes a reference, I want to say to like, you know, the, the colored part of town or something, yeah. like uses some very old epithet language of that nature um, to describe as, you know, the less the less savory part of town. And that's why Travis maybe got killed because he was out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the cop just references this back at her and is like, oh, were you in that part of town, huh, with your knife? Was that what you were doing? Which... Um, would be a good payoff if like that was Constance's main character trait, but it's just something they like feel the need to interject with once in a while. So it feels really weird that her comeuppance is because of that, yeah, and not like 
the other five things that define her as a bad character. <laughs> you know, like the things that she does that are shitty regularly. Yeah. Something I want to like point out about Constance specifically in this plot thread, because I don't know if it bothered you guys as much as it did for me. Um, this is this and the scene where they show up and like show her the pictures are the beginning of a episode long plot thread of um everyone thinking that Constance murdered Travis. Um, and I mean, like, they've, they're ready to actually, like, arrest her. And my thing is, um, that's the one person Constance had nothing to do with him dying. Um, she had literally no influence on him dying whatsoever. So the fact that they make, like, this whole plot thread of, like, yep, Constance is definitely gonna go to jail for Travis's murder. I'm like, no, there's, like, a, a hundred other, uh, crimes that she could be tied to yeah. in some capacity. Why are we so certain and adamant about a one that has literally zero evidence like her having a knife in her purse she's does a, not mean she murdered travis and she's an old lady like so she, she she cuts him in half and drags the body even two in two pieces yeah. the different parts. get out of here you know what i mean like and no one saw it coming out of her house it's all crap not that Larry. Yeah, I mean the concept of like a contrapasso structure in writing is very old. It's so old the term is contrapasso. <laughs> but like having a punishment that fits the crime is very satisfying. It feels bad when someone gets a punishment that is either not fitting or just for something else unrelated yeah. entirely, right? It's like watching a, a mafia guy go to jail for tax evasion. You're like, oh, they got you on a technicality, but we all know what you really did. You know, like that kind of yeah. shit. Um, and yeah, it feels weird because, yeah, there's so many things Constance did. Like, Constance shot two people in the head. Yeah. <laughs> and had her son like, murdered. Like, she's done a lot. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So let's go but to not a good character. Terminator is here for the flies. Phil Critter. His name is Phil Phil Critter, which is a good <laughs> name for an exterminator. I, yeah. Um, and he just shows up and is like, hey, I'm Phil Critter. I'm here to deal with your fly problem. And Ben's like, um, yeah, there's just like a lot of flies. And he looks at it and goes, oh, yeah, it's probably because there's like a tiny crawl space under here. Old houses like this have them. They get infested all the time. It sucks. I'll go down there. I'll take a look. No he problem. He mentions a crawl space and stuff. And like Ben even, ugh, I'm, I can get into it. I'll get into it later. I'll just say like he mentions the crawl space and Ben mentions like something like, how much is this going to cost me? I really, I'm really strapped for bucks. And he's just like, yeah, it'll cost you some money anyway. So, okay, going on to the next scene, I guess, because now Constance is getting interrogated. Um, uh, yeah, she refers to the police as bunglers. I think it's very funny that uh, you have noted you had to check to make sure it wasn't a slur. It is not. It yeah. just means someone who bungles situations. Which I is, it. is really Ben Harmon. It's a great a term. Because but... yeah, Ben Harmon would be a great example of a of a bungling psychiatrist. And yeah. In case you're wondering why I had to Google if it was a slur, it's because they just straight up use like slurs on this show, and I don't want to accidentally repeat them in the podcast, not knowing they're a slur. No, it's fair. Yeah, it's honestly much better yeah, shape than yeah. sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's just someone who bungles. Um, but, um, yeah, the yeah. As you're noting here, they run through a lot of Constance's like crime she was loosely attached to, which I don't think is a thing they keep in record. <laughs> like, oh, this lady was vaguely near this other thing that happened 25 years ago. Um, but they do bring up that. Uh, 
they bring up her husband and Mora dying. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then her son, Bo, mysteriously dying, which I... I guess that's it's so weird because that's like something they mention offhand and they're now acting like it's some big heavy thing that like has weighed down on Constance and Tate's mind. And it's like you forgot to bring it up for 11 episodes, dog. Like it's too it's like too late now. Yeah. You can't just start being like, oh, yeah, this. Oh, the death of Bo. It was a huge thing. Oh, yeah. Super influential. That's why everyone mentions it all the time. What do you mean? They just did now for the first time. And that's, yeah. I'm not even sure what he like served as a purpose in the show, other than confuse, to be like he's someone you confuse with Infantata infant because yeah. they kind of serve the same purpose, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's just like a funky little guy in either the attic or the. I think that's Wait, are the they thing. Not supposed to be the same. No, no they're not. Infantata is the, uh, the, the that was the reconstructed doctor. monster thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just assumed that like it. The idea was it somehow. Um, like convinced itself out of Constance or something and then was being raised. I assume there was a through uh, line to this. You're telling me there's multiple deformed in sons the- created through whatever that were, they felt the need to put both in and like, I guess one's hidden in the attic and one's hidden in the basement, in- but they did that twice in the same show and didn't here's, have them interconnected. Here's what it was. There was this American horror story okay. video game on the side. And if you held up and press start on Beauregard, you got inventada. You see, it was like a, a palace. Uh, Oh, sick. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was actually just a bug that would load Sub-Zero with a green yes. vest, and so they made him reptile. That's exactly. right. Um, <laughs> okay, well, I just found out that Bo and Infantata are not supposed to be connected in any way, shape, or form. I had simply made the implication that they were somehow related. Also, wait, then who's playing ball upstairs with Vi- Fuck this. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> hey, fuck this. <laughs> it was Bo. Okay, yeah. great. Um. Yeah, so they're talking through all the different uh, things that have happened, which I think that's it. Um, they as they're questioning her about the death of her husband, um, it goes through this whole thing of apparently Constance had like a hundred dogs in the basement. This has also <laughs> never been mentioned before, but um, they're trying to do it as this whole thing of like, oh, the way she disposed of the body and never got caught was she ground it up and fed it to the dogs. And me, uh, the prolific dog lover I am, simply was watching this and going, wait, when did she have so many dogs? Where did these dogs come from? Because it's like a lot of it's dogs. It's a lot of dogs. Like, I was like, where are all these dogs coming from? Since when does she have a lot of dogs? (laughs) I mean, she has, like, two. We see Travis walking two at some point. But, like, it's never been, like, an established character trait of Constance to be like, yep, I always have 45 dogs. I always have had this. I have never not had 45 dogs at all times. And I'm not, like, kidding. Like, it's her basement's full of dogs. Like, full of dogs. And, yeah, and and she fed her husband to the dog, her ex-husband, which is totally a thing you can do. Yeah. They got away with it because of feeding. They didn't have any pigs. They don't have pigs in LA. So, so yeah. they had to feed them to a different animal. Nothing nothing, nothing will get rid of a body like a bunch of dogs. That's the thing they say quite a bit. Aw. So, uh, anyway. in the middle of this questioning, uh, the publicly assigned defender, or whatever their equivalent is, uh, barges into the room. His name is Harry Goodman. And um, he goes, hey, don't ask her, don't answer any more questions to these cops. Hey, were you talking to cops? You fucked up. Don't do that next time. This is also to you, the listener at home. Don't talk to cops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and then just straight up says like she's like hey i didn't do this and they have nothing and like he was my lover and this is really fucked up that they're doing this to me and he goes yeah well that's tough nuts lady because they want you to be the murderer um (laughs) it turns out this popped up in the news i guess as the boy dahlia which no sorry travis wasn't that special (laughs) he was just like another guy like oh a copycat murder of the black dahlia there's only been 40 of those (laughs) like that's kind of what a copycat murder that's the problem with them there's a lot that's the i that's the idea um yeah so he just like yeah they they want to close this real quick because it's a big media circus so they're just gonna pin it on you and she goes but they have no proof and i didn't do anything and i'm innocent and there is literally not even a tenuous connection between me and the murder of my lover other than we we were lovers and he goes i'm really bad as a lawyer (laughs) so good luck (laughs) (laughs) he is like like, such a fake lawyer too like his name the way he dresses like they just put like a really really tall seven-year-old in a suit and they're like yep this is uh this is your lawyer now good luck but and but like yeah but come on Constance can't afford a big a a good lawyer it's not like she lives in a big house in la or anything like that it has collateral or something whatever so anyway phil yeah so anyway we go that's he's she's screwed and we go back to phil who's in the crawl space under the, the house and he finds something oh it's tate and and kill and tate kills the exterminator who yeah as you know i guess he's a ghost now we're never gonna see him or anything and like this is such a problem for wait, me yeah yeah wait now he's a no now he's a ghost in the house forever phil critter's in phil this critter. bitch yeah. let's mm-hmm. go but like phil i also, can't wait for phil critter to be a recurring character from here on out but he has phil has a business and a company and a family like like hey, there's no way to cover up the, the fact that he went to this house and was never seen again you know, so it's a big problem. Not just and for probably Tate like and an ben, appointment book. Yeah, an appointment book that shows where he was when he yeah. died. And definitely his van is parked out front with a big bug on it that says "Phil Critter's Critter Removal." We'll crit him for less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like all, all, all of our attacks are natural crits. Yeah, like absolutely. Yeah, so, there's no way. There's no fucking way. Here's <laughs> the worst part of all of it, because like it's a problem for the story, meaning that like. Phil Critter doesn't need to be there. All that needed to happen was he could just have to tell Ben, like, there, there are these, these crawl spaces so that we, the audience, know that. And then Ben could even be like, look, I can't really afford you. And ben, Phil could be like, look, all right, I've been there, too. All you, If you can go down there and find whatever it is, like, you can probably get rid of it. It'll be gross, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, we don't need Phil to die. It doesn't serve anything. And he kills him in a dumb way, which is he just takes his exterminator like mask and like turns it on and puts it on his face and suffocates him which again like phil doesn't seem to like try to fight back in this or anything because whatever also i didn't i didn't note it here but like tate's being he's being weird for murdering phil in the first place but like he's being really weird to phil like he's like you're a murderer phil you've killed thousands you've killed hundreds phil this is your atonement i'm assuming he's talking about like bugs yeah um but it it makes no sense it's very odd yeah he said that yeah you're right (laughs) yeah it was um if nothing else just um confusing more than anything like we didn't need tate to have like a weird malicious reason to you're, kill you're right. Bill Critter. In fact, that even confounds the plot, which is the actual reason he's like the the plot is trying to convey 
there is something terrible down there that Tate feels the need to protect. Mm -hmm. Which, like, okay, great. Why did he do a big speech about how he's owed vengeance because of bugs or whatever? <laughs> like, it just conflates what the story is trying to do, which made me then later on, when they do this reveal, go, they didn't need Phil Critter here yeah, at all. <laughs> Phil Critter sucks. didn't need to be involved which, in this story. Hey, yeah. We need to be fair. We, we have not given enough credit to Phil Critter. Like, when we say that Phil Critter is a delight, like, he acts like you would expect a man named Phil Critter who does exterminations to act. He is a jolly little fellow who just loves killing bugs. Like, Phil Critter, excellent the, little the fella. Don't kill him and give him a spinoff, you know? Like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Phil doesn't need... Phil didn't need to die. Phil was better than this, you know? I, you know what? I should have Googled it because I did have the thought while I was watching, but I was really busy while I was making these notes. Um, it, The way that they framed Phil Critter and, like, they gave a lot of screen time to specifically his face, I wonder if he's not, like, a cameo. Like he if he's a not another actor. Maybe. Yeah, he's either the Kurt that Zissa or like of American horror or story. he's like a, a nepotism like inclusion. I it just seemed like they wanted someone to see him and be like, oh, that's that guy. There's, I didn't Google it, you know, but <laughs> there's a guy in The Sopranos like that where he's in every season because he let them shoot on location in a lot of places, like in Jersey, and so he just happened mm -hmm. to like I don't know if he owned a lot of property. What in the final season, someone's head gets crushed under a tire in a public place and this guy goes holy shit and it's him that guy there's your little sopranos facto in your middle of your american horror story podcast so i could see it phil critter is some guy they knew the producers and all that but even so he did not gave need him to be here <laughs> from a story <laughs> criticism perspective you know he was i i didn't like phil critter's inclusion but <laughs> anyway i think he was a breath of fresh air that didn't need to be here unfortunately his, his just life reminded was me of a better show too, he was taken from us too early i'll i'll, I'll admit Truly i'll agree flame. with that on the phil critter <laughs> A flame that was extinguished far too soon. Our sweet, sweet Phil. Um, meanwhile, while well, Tate's doing this, like, okay, so the way they frame this is very funny and stupid. So mm. Phil Critter crawling around gets, um, if we're being honest, if they really wanted to have this scene, Tate could have just, like, scared him out of the crawl space yeah. with, like, being the gimp man or something. Um, but they had him murder him for no well-established reason. Now Phil Critter's a ghost for mm -hmm. absolutely no reason. Um, and then Tate goes like to specifically Ben's office, which this isn't the weird part. He's like weirdly eavesdropping on Ben, who's talking to, I guess, a boarding school, um, which is a confusing decision I, on Ben Harmon's part. I, well, I kind of thought it was like, um, you know, hey, like, I, I let me get my daughter out of this fucked up house kind of thing, and not necessarily like I, I kind of let still, and then like they're confused, but Ben's still on redemption arc right now, you know? Yeah, no, I'm not necessarily saying Ben is like doing yeah. a bad thing. It's just weird that Ben's doing it. Yeah, um, that's fair. and also that like he had the forethought to take that step when meanwhile every other decision related to keeping violet in the house um mm. has been the worst possible one that anyone could choose yeah um it, like he's on the phone ben's on the phone and like he sees in the reflection of the picture of violet on the desk tate um which means tate is hanging out in like ghost mode well he's always in ghost mode but like invisible ghost mode because when ben whips around he's not there 
Um, which just leads me to ask the question, well, why did he show himself in the reflection of the photograph um, if he didn't want to be seen? That's kind of weird and fucked up, Tate. Anyway, while all this has taken place, Violet has been upstairs <laughs> in the attic. She says one of the wildest things, which is he, apparently he's she's like, you've been gone for like 40 minutes. Uh, you missed it. I just took your rook, which is um, not really how chess works. <laughs> um, if someone's gone for 40 minutes and you've done one move, that just means you maybe took five minutes did one move and then just uh went and checked duolingo for 20 minutes or whatever <laughs> like i have been in chess games with people who take a while per move and 40 minutes is too long <laughs> that's too nope. much that's outside of classical time controls that's too much <laughs> also i'm sorry i whether or not you're my ghost boyfriend or uh, whatever i'm not waiting 40 minutes for you to come back minutes? and do your chess move right? You'd be yeah. mad. 40 minutes? I'm just going to like go, yeah, put something on the TV, start up a console or something. Maybe go look for you, figure out if you're okay. Thanks for forgetting like, about me. Like if it's me. my yeah. significant other and they just vanish for 40 minutes, I'd be like, hey, are you, did you get hurt? <laughs> like, well, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, and like I, I'm wondering, like I'm curious, like, so Tate like hypothetically knew that he was going to have to do these things because he did them. Like he was... He made a plan and then did the plan. Um, why did you start a chess game? <laughs> like, is that to keep her in the attic? You were like, nah, Violet's yeah, stupid knew- enough to be in the attic for 40 minutes without me. It's yeah. fine. Violet's like um, if you hold a chicken to the ground and use your finger to like draw a line in the dirt in front of it and it just stares at it for a while. She's the same thing with chess. You just set up a chessboard in front of her. You can walk out of the room, walk back in an hour later. She'll just still be staring yeah. at it. It's fine. It's fine. That's, what's, what's really fucked up is like that's exactly what they expect us to think about violence. Yeah, because that's what she's board. doing when he walks back up. Like she like snaps away from looking at the chessboard and she's like, Whoa, welcome back. Yeah, hey, I took your rook by the way. <laughs> I'm sorry. The whole like the whole framing of this sequence was just very funny to me when they wa- when I was watching it. Um and then of course because they love showing us this visual, it ends with a shot of Tate in the gimp suit. Just like a little split second shot. Um don't worry, we'll come back to that eventually. But like they decided we needed it now too, I guess. Um, they're build they're doing what they always do where like they keep cutting back and forth between multiple different threads to make it seem like the plot is progressing in some meaningful way when really it's not. It's just confusing framing. Um Speaking of very confusing framing, um, we're back at a different part of the murder house, and Larry has opened a hole in the wall of the basement that is stinky, um, and Travis's shit's in there, and I'm like, it feels like this is a bad place for this. Feels like the you basement. You come up and moved the body, but you kept the the diesel jeans, bro. You kept yeah. the diesel jeans, bro. Like you could, you were willing to slice a body into pieces and give it a black dahlia smile and deposit it under a bridge nearby, and you kept. The Uggs? You kept the diesel jeans? You kept the polo, bro? What's wrong with you? 
Yeah. Um, and we know it's Travis's stuff because Travis, uh, the ghost, appears behind Larry. <laughs> he goes, hey, that's my stuff. Yeah, that's my stuff. <laughs> You're taking my stuff. Uh, and then he's like, oh, by the way, am I in the news? Like, do people care that I'm dead? And Larry's like, honestly, because the only interactions we see of this, of like these two characters or like anything they know of each other is... Um, Larry hates Travis because Travis was Constance's like lover. Um, but Larry's like kind of nice to Travis in this scene, um, which is very yeah. odd. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> very odd characterization. Sense. I think yeah. it's well, it's because he's like being nice to the kids, right? Well, he doesn't know that yet. He's nice to him before he doesn't he know does that yet. He's nice to him before then. Uh, it's because the, the well, it's because Larry's about to start his redemption arc, and the authors, yeah. as soon as they put a little note that says redemption arc, the character can no longer do anything bad. Okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> like that's just how it is. That makes yeah. Sense. Yeah. He's really nice to to Travis, and he's like, yeah, actually, you're really famous. Um, a lot of people are talking about you. And then Travis even asks, he's like, is Constance? Um. Sad and what I I honestly forgot how this interaction went down since I first watched the show. I expected Larry to be like, no, Constance hasn't asked about you at all as like a little like mean, yeah, like mean spirited right. thing. Um, but he's not. He's like, no, yeah, Constance is actually really sad. The only reason she hasn't come to see you is because she's like, it's too soon, um, and she needs some time. Like he's like genuinely like really nice to Travis um, about it, which is good because Travis is a good boy, and I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad someone's being nice to Travis for once. Um, then we hear little girls calling out for Travis. Um, and Travis, uh, being the sweet himbo that he is, is like, ah, hold on, I gotta go have a tea party. And we see um, the ghost of Larry's daughters, who are like all burned up, hence the name of the episode, Smoldering Children. Um, and Travis is like being very sweet with them and like, hosting a little tea party and they obviously really really like him which just proves that Travis is the only good dad in this show even though he's the only man that isn't a dad in this show (laughs) thank you American Horror Story Um, incredible then we have a terrible interaction um, between Larry's wife who also shows up and by terrible I don't mean like the character or what she says I mean that he's like hey how come I can only see you guys now and she says um you're ready now, uh, which raises 550,000 questions um, that we'll never get an answer to, um, because that is none of the ghost rules that we've already established. Being, quote unquote, ready to see a ghost <laughs> is none of the rules we've established yet. Mm. Yeah. So Larry then follows through and says, I am, you know, hey, I'm really sorry. You know, like, I, I clearly what I did was wrong. I messed up really bad. And she's like... Yeah, well, yeah, you're right. Um, and he's like, yeah, I'm so sorry. And she's like, okay, prove it. And then his response to, okay, prove it is, yeah, I'll get, I'll get revenge. I'll make sure Constance goes to jail. And then Larry's wife turns to Larry and goes, Constance didn't kill our kids, Larry. Constance didn't cheat on me. Constance didn't break any vows. Constance didn't do any of this, Larry. And then Larry goes, what? And then they've all disappeared. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't worry, Larry will also forget about this conversation it's, in about five seconds. It also doesn't. It's fine. You know, and it's like, I, I get that Constance didn't, wasn't the one who, like, betrayed and stuff, but, like, she's still the one who killed her kids. I mean, you know, if we're right, like, didn't she, like, actually do that? So, I don't know why. Yeah, technically, Constance, well, I mean, Constance made Larry kill her kid, which I, is, like, a Charles yeah. Manson situation. Oh, so. I thought the wife, wait, I'm, maybe I'm forgetting now. Okay, yeah. 
No, the wife and the where Larry's wife and kids were self-immolation. Yeah. It was the wife locked him into the room and then lit them all on fire. To which it would be like, well, actually, you yeah. lit our fire, our daughters <laughs> yeah. on fire. Yeah. So that one is yeah. on no, you. No, that's a million ma'am. percent on her. Yeah, uh, I, it's yeah. like Constance <laughs> didn't do it. I did. I'm the bad person. She's trying to be like, you did it, Larry. Yeah, it, it's... <laughs> It's a really confusing um, mess of a morality play, and um, for Larry 1, it just makes no sense whatsoever. It has no relation to Larry 1, but Larry 2 goes, ah, I've decided to learn a lesson, I think, (laughs) and leaves the scene. Uh, We then cut to Tate, who is uh, in going Gip mode, uh, and decides the only way he's going to keep Violet from leaving the house is to... uh, fight ben while ben is naked <laughs> which hey shout outs to tate not a lot of people are willing to wait for the nudity you know like that's a smart move you know he's unarmed right you <laughs> hope he's unarmed well, he's wearing a towel point. if he's armed there's a different issue he's wearing a towel and this scene goes on this fight scene goes on a bit where it's kind of like really like pushing you know what i mean like I, obviously, I don't need like. It reminds me. It reminds me of cart of of Raiden doing cartwheels in Metal Gear Solid Two, and he's naked, where he does cartwheels with just his legs, so he can use his hands to cover his dick. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like yeah, like what? Like what do you do? Like fucking bondo this thing around his waist? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like it's a it's a ridiculous scene in general, just too, because it's like. I mean, again, it's like he's, it's like a Jackie Chan fight scene or something where you're supposed to be like, well, I mean, it's not like, like all oh, that is staying on because it's a cool fight scene and, like, it'd be silly if it fell off. It's just like, this is a horror show. Like, why are we having this long fight? And, like, why are we doing it in the towel? And what is, like, just fucking call it. Also, call, calling it a fight is, like, very generous okay, of you. Because it's mostly Tate kind of jumps him from behind and tries to put a cloth over his face. Um, which I believe we're supposed to assume is chloroform. Uh, to which I say, "Yo, fuck the Ritalin and the and the guns. Where'd this motherfucker get chloroform? <laughs> Bro, like, that's, the that's like medicine from the '30s. Yeah, I Charles. guess. Just like, oh yeah, over all the different sales, no one felt like cleaning up the chloroform. They're like, oh yeah, just leave it in there. Maybe the next buyer wants it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine." Yeah, it's um the only thing the only like service that this scene provides besides being goofy as hell um is that Ben keeps like trying to unmask the the gimp man yeah, because he so, yeah, recognizes that's, that's them. Yeah, the fight. It's like yeah, there's the light chloroforming and then Ben's repeatedly trying to like rip the mask off of him just being like show me your face, let me see who you are. And then Tate gets back around him again and then does successfully chloroform him. And then unmasks after he's chloroformed Ben, which I don't understand I thought but he, now the yeah, yeah, uh, may, maybe he maybe ben pulls it off i, I don't, I don't yeah, know ben I, got like one glimpse as he was passing out was the idea but even though it was, he does yeah. but i don't know who takes the mask off of him either way the establishing like plot point is that now ben knows tate's the one who was in the gimp suit mm-hmm. um which i'm sure will be relevant later um we haven't so. been to Constance's house in a while, uh, and that's where we are now. Um, Henry, our little fella of a lawyer, shows up and is like, here's some coffee. And Constance is like, no. Uh, and she's like, hey, uh, why do we have to go to the police station? What's wrong? And Henry says, I don't know. They won't tell me. I'm pretty sure it's it's bad, and I'm pretty sure you're going to get charged, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think that that's how lawyers work, and I don't think that that's how that works, especially because that's not what's happening. Right. Um. <laughs> Don't worry. That's the end of the scene. We won't get more information until another scene. Right. Now, 
everybody buckle up. I know this is what you've all been waiting for. Um, get ready for the uh, plot twist of the century. And by that, I mean the the thing that literally every like American Horror Story media outlet is like, no, it's the biggest plot twist American Horror Stories ever had. Right, let's go. Um, that's with- it. The end. Yeah, yeah, ta-da. Like, and, but, um, and if you no, haven't... that was a good bit, Beef. No, that was a good bit. That's very funny. Now for the actual plot. No, it's Violence of Ghost, man. That's it. That's all. That's all. Yeah, yeah as... I got nothing, dude. So it's one of those oh, things fuck. where, like, not only is it a bad reveal because it doesn't fucking matter, but like, it's one of those things where, like, yeah, we know because you were bending over backwards to like break all the rules to make sure that Violet didn't ever leave the yeah. house. Like, you were making it so it's... obvious. That yeah. something that I didn't assume was a thing, I assumed was a thing because you were making so many other like references to it. So, or, or me, who like had no reference of all this, didn't know about the twist coming up. And for me, it was just when Violet got brought up this episode, I literally was just like, oh yeah, Violet, she's been out of the story for like three episodes. Oh, I, so, wonder, I wonder why that is. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the short of it is Tate is like comes up to her with all these pills. Like, you, you know, your dad wants to send you away to a boarding school. Why don't we just have a suicide pact together? We'll die to each other like Romeo and Juliet. She goes, yeah, sure. Um, I'll just be over here. Dad, help. And there's like a chase kind of thing. And then finally, he's like, all right, look, I got to show you something in the crawl space. And he brings her down to the crawl space, which like, again, it's like, it's again, beggaring belief that she'd be like, okay, yeah, I'll go with you in the crawl space after I think you're trying to kill me, but whatever. And he brought. Um, and to be clear that before that happens, we get the reveal that is in case you at home did not get it. Um, she sprints out the front oh, door yeah. and then runs back in the back door and so on and so forth. She is unable to escape it's- the house entirely, like leaving out of one exit. And it's like they do it for way yeah. too long. It goes from being like a clever thing. Like if they would have just had her do it like once or twice and it was a different door every time and it was just super disorienting, that could have been pretty cool. Um, but they do the same door like six times to the point that it looks like Scooby-Doo. Yeah, you <laughs> like, put Benny Hill music yeah, on it and it would be lot. hilarious. Yeah, And, you know... Also, it, hmm. it does actually make a kind of funny like inference, which is that um, there are very specifically like property lines for the ghosts that they can't trespass over. Like <laughs> there's a very specific distinct property line that they're not allowed to cross before the house just resets and like respawns in a different configuration. Um, it's not relevant. I just think it's funny. So um, anyway, so Tate brings her down. She sees her own body and freaks out. And he's like, I was hoping that if, you know, we had this pack together, you would have like not stumbled on your body, but in actuality you died when you decided to commit suicide by yourself with the pills and I tried to save you and you threw some up, but it wasn't enough and you've been a ghost for a while and I've been keeping it from you because I love you, but I didn't want you to have to see this, but now you did and she's, you know, freaks out. And and you bring up a good point, which is that like, if you think about it though, that is kind of what she did. That is to say like, you know, she, she, did in fact like you know die by her own hand yeah okay so here's the thing literally he's saying i wanted you to think you willingly committed suicide which like okay then you can just tell her that she did that because that is (laughs) what she did yep she did that her grief is his fault really because he if he didn't tell if he had told her right away then at least it's like you know i tried to save you but it didn't work out as opposed to like I'm going to pretend this is going to be all fine for a while, you know, and then it's not. Yeah, so. that's one of, like, the dozens of reasons why this plot line and this scene are just so annoying to me is because, like, A, 
Tate has to know that eventually she's going to try and leave the house. Like, eventually, for some yeah, reason or another. Like, they they name check. It has been 16 days since she has shown up at school. You were telling me in 16 days a teenager did not try to leave the house one time. So, Or, yeah. like, even things like... If she, you know, wanted to go to like the mall or like get a drink from the corner store or like, hey, this, look, um, I'm pretty sure yeah. ghosts don't age. I think she would notice that she like wasn't aging or something like that. Like something the, Tate has to know that eventually like the his little charade will be up. And at that point, it's like, yeah, you should have just ripped the bandaid off and been like, so you the only way this plot would have worked literally is if he had killed. Here's her, the deal. And that was the reveal in, in the sixth sense, which does this same exact plot twist. Um, it works in a way because in a movie and you're only with all the characters two hours, you don't get to think about things like, well, where did the ghosts go? Like, why are they in scene to scene? Don't they realize it? And you kind of like can build those gaps yourself like. Maybe they don't have fully conscious thought. Maybe they just live in these moments or whatever. It could kind of sort of work. It's tougher here because you have a whole season. You have a whole thing that all these ghosts do and affect and like storylines and some of them realize them. You know what I mean? Like it's too much. And now it's sort of like, yeah, wait, why is Violet like not when like when like Ben mentions not going to school? Why doesn't that click to her? Like, wait, I haven't been to school. You know what I mean? It has to be a thing where she's playing hooky for like weeks. And then that would be like, yeah, why not try to leave? You know what I mean? Like it doesn't make sense. Like nothing really works here. And, and on top of that, like the scene specifically, the reason why people say it's like, oh, it's such a good scene or whatever is like Violet is and I cannot overstate this um, shaken to her core to see her dead body, um, which doesn't really work when you know and the character says yeah, um, you know, when you committed suicide, uh, you committed suicide. <laughs> and then the character's like, <gasps> like, yeah, no, they they knew. Um, she knew when she did that what she was doing. Um, it it's very odd that this character is now like, what? I died when I killed myself. I, it's big. Do people die when they are killed? Energy. I um I will cop to actually liking this plot twist when I watched this the first time, like way back in the day. And watching it now, you can see it fall apart in the sense that, like, I think, like, good twists like that give you clues along the way. But they only really happen here. You know, like, now that you only hear in this episode that about the truancy thing. You know what I mean? And, like, yeah. if that had build and build up, if you had added other stuff, you could have done the the thing that you were ripping off of, the sixth sense, where you, sh you would think back on all these scenes, like, oh, I was reading it as violent, actually do this, but she's really a ghost. But really here, you don't get any of that until this very episode. And they kind of like banded bandaid around that by just not having Violet do a lot after she died, you know? Yeah, if she, the only times that Violet is ever mentioned or like is in a capacity where it could potentially affect her knowing she's a ghost mm -hmm. is stuff that like she didn't need to be doing it's just stuff that makes me think that Violet is a ghost now. Um, if she just hadn't done that thing, I wouldn't have ever thought she was a ghost because I wouldn't have cared because she wasn't ever around. Um, and then now, like, retrospectively, it's like, yeah, you were doing that to, like, tell us that she's a ghost yeah. or, like, to hide that she's a ghost when you could just not say anything at all, and I wouldn't have thought that. That's a, yeah. Like, knowing this twist watching the show, like, you, you, you can see, like, the, the real curtain trick is, like, we're just not going to have Violet around, you know, which is like there's no like clever thing that really yeah. happens, you know, but yeah. Yeah, it, it really is just like, OK, we might have a single scene of Violet in her room being like, I'm a teen. And then that's it. Yeah, that's all exactly. we get. Yeah, 
it's very easy to do the reveal of someone's been dead the whole time when um they don't they're not on camera <laughs> or affecting the story <laughs> or like <laughs> yeah like it'd be one thing if it was all of a sudden like oh so this person who was a ghost had all this influence exactly. throughout the whole thing but now that character didn't know they were a ghost so they're going to talk about the influence they had and then now they'll seem like they're losing it so now there's a whole nother love no it's not a psychological thriller he, she's just a ghost <laughs> yeah um but don't worry we're we're acting like that was like the pinnacle of the episode and the episode's over it's not there's still a scene left right um a pretty lengthy and kind of boring scene of um we're back at the courthouse. Uh, they have Constance, like, not in custody, but they, like, have her come in, which I don't know that they would do for this. I don't, I don't know. And they're like, we have the murder weapon, but they say it, like, accusatorily, like, ah, oh, we got you now, which, again, Constance didn't do this murder, so all she had to do is be like, yeah, there is literally nothing linking me to this except for that you think that I did it. Um, whatever. Um, and then... How they know this was the murder weapon, because we'll find out in a second that the person uh, who brought it in is confessing to the crime. Um, how they know this was the murder weapon, um, who knows? Because it wasn't found. Um, Trust me, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we Trust believe. Me, bro. We, we believe I, this hey, guy. I brought, this is the murder weapon. I did it. It, 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 it was, uh, I, uh, you know that guy who was sawed in half? Yeah, I actually did it with uh, 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 this roll of paper towels. <laughs> I'm really strong. Trust me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> And like, okay, so TLDR, um, it's Larry. Larry has turned himself in for the the murder of Travis, um, which makes me think that like they they don't bother double checking if any of the they're like, oh, well, we know he's not lying because he knew details of the crimes that nobody knew. And I'm like, well, you just said that like this is a highly publicized um, case, and people have the internet, so like pe- people know things, and also. You'd be surprised how often people um, confess to murders they didn't do. They do it like a lot. People do that like a lot um, for some reason. Uh, Mental unstableness, I assume. Um, But they just take it at face value and they're like, yeah, this guy knew about the really highly publicized murder. We believe that he did it with no active uh, motive for why he might do this. And even if you want to do the whole, well, sometimes they do that or like, you know, well, it's a high profile thing and they want to close it quickly so they'll take Larry's confession, whatever. That you know what cops absolutely don't do? Why don't we bring the other witness in? Just as, like this as a laugh, like, "Hey, look, we found the murderer. We just thought you want to see them in person and not tell you like a big surprise party or something." Like, like yeah, you can hang out while we interrogate him. That's a thing that we do. Is just keep other like suspects in the interrogation room so that they can hear another person's side of the story and maybe build another you. case for themselves. So we thought it'd be kind of funny if like, you know, we brought you in and him, you know, as a joke. Uh <laughs> so yeah, yeah, they they ask her, like, do you know why he'd do this? And she's like, I have no idea, bro. <laughs> and I'm like, me either, Constance. Yeah, because then he's like, I'll I'll go like I'll do all this time for you. Cause I guess he blames himself for killing his kids, even though the wife did it, whatever. And and uh I just want to hear you say those three those three those three magical words. And she's like, I'm not gonna give you gluck gluck nine thousand. And then he's like, Ah shit, this is she, she, She's just like L plus ratio, and then she hangs <laughs> up the phone and walks yeah, away. It- and again, this literally conflicts with what Larry is currently in jail for, which was he finally had a moment of resolute thought 
where he decided he felt bad for cheating on his wife with Constance and inadvertently causing the death of all of them. Allegedly. That's why he's here. Yes, we agree. That was the plot point that brought us Uh here. Yeah. So why is he now like super ape shit for Constance again? If literally the core conceit of why he made a turn of character and came here is because he realized Constance was a mistake and he fucked up by interacting with her. Yeah, I'll go. I'll do one better. Um, he says he's doing this also like for Constance, like he's gonna go to jail for her. He just wants to hear her say like the three little words, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, I'd like to reiterate. Um, there is no way on God's green earth that Constance would go to jail for Travis's murder. There is zero evidence linking her to it, aside yeah. from they want her to be the one that killed Travis. You can't just arrest somebody because you you hope they're the person that did it and because you want them to go to jail. Like, that's not how it works. Like, Larry didn't do anything. She wouldn't have been convicted of the crime because there was literally zero evidence tying her to anything related to his murder. And, you know, like, look, I'm not, whatever. I, I'm not going to claim to know everything about parents just because I am one, whatever. But, like, hey, you know what? Your fucking dead kids are, like, back and you could be with them forever by just dying in the house so you go to a mm-hmm. police station and turn yourself in for a crime so you'll surely never see them again like get out of here you know even if you did blame yourself it's like well now you have eternity to fucking try and make up for it like and they're little guys it's just so stupid it's all garbage i hate ugh. travis is a better dad if we're being honest travis has been a better father to every character in this television but show it's still like, you and know he's what? not so even a dad cheated on you I maybe drove you to to kill yourself or whatever, but like you didn't have to kill the kids. Like that's on you completely. That I'm sorry, Larry deserves zero on that one. Even if he was a total shithead, yeah. That's the mom saying like I'm gonna take these kids yeah. with me. Like what? Like fuck off with that. Yeah. I mean, Larry did do a murder. Just so we're fine, clear, Larry fine. has done a yeah. few murders, yeah, okay. but not that one. Sure. Not those. Not that one. <laughs> yeah, those ones he's cleared on. <laughs> I the this episode <laughs> felt the need to write out Larry yeah. and write out Travis and I guess the last episode wrote out Travis but this one fi- finalized writing out Travis um and the need to uh write in uh Mr. Critter and then <laughs> s- quickly write out Mr. Critter mm. as well. So I yeah. I yeah. This episode feels like all it was was like we need to remove characters from yeah, the Yeah, let's wrap it up. Yeah, let's call it a day in American Horror Story HQ. <sighs> So. Me checking my watch, like how many how many episodes we got left? How many characters do we have to work our way through? Um, there is just one final scene. It actually happens a little bit earlier, but they're not in order, so it doesn't matter. Um, that isn't super important. But now Tate and Violet are just hanging out in her room, listening to like angsty teen music, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tate's like, "Yeah, no, I've always known I'm a ghost." Um, which doesn't serve any purpose ever because like that's the thing is like when he's like hey violet we should do a suicide pact together like 10 minutes ago um he knows that violet knows he's a ghost um so him being like let's i'm gonna do i'm gonna do a suicide too she should have been like you can't you're a ghost um at that point but that never comes up uh but anyway um we're now officially closing the book on does Tate know he's a ghost? Yes. Um, he explains that he's always known it and he just didn't want to tell her because he thought that she wouldn't like him. Um, instead of, you know, not liking him for 
<laughs> impregnating her mom or doing a school shooting be, or any of the other things that he this did. This is the one thing I could maybe feasibly hide. <laughs> yeah, he's like, no, uh, I thought you wouldn't want to fuck a ghost. But luckily, everyone in this show, they want to fuck a ghost. Um, And he's like, well, now we're together forever. And that's great. And Violet doesn't seem super thrilled about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Violet's just like, oh, cool. Which, honestly, I've been there. I've been a 16-year-old dating a 16-year-old boy that said something similar, and it's like, mm, yeah, no, I, I get that. I get that, Violet. Um, <laughs> sucks to be you, I guess. <laughs> I get it. Um, and then that's where the episode ends. Um, we've established nothing. Larry is now in jail forever, I guess. Um, and... Um, Violet is a ghost. Yeah, no moral. Ta-da. And Constance is cleared of the charges of the murder of Travis. Now, you might say she never was at threat of the charges. Well, she's cleared of them now. <laughs> so you can rest easy. And that piece of shit, Larry, died for killing his wife and kids, even though he... About that. Hayden or whatever. We've forgotten about her. Don't worry about that. Well, it, it's exactly what, like what Ty was talking about earlier, where they want us, the audience, to be rooting for certain things to happen to certain characters as, like, an act of justice for another unrelated yeah. thing that they did. And Contra like Ty Pops, said, um, no, that that sucks uh, in almost every instance of, like, somebody getting caught on a technicality. Like, that doesn't feel good. That's not justice. So having every character have, like, a side tangent where they're potentially going to get in trouble for, like, a different thing. That feels like shit. And that, that's, it's bad. No one, it's bad plot devices. Look, no one said contrapasto tasted good, okay? So that's just how it goes. Hey. When you're here, you're family. I know. <laughs> Welcome to Olive Garden. <laughs> All right, well. That's it. The end. That's it. Yeah. Um, till next time, um, I'm not even going to look up the name of the episode because I, I don't care. After Smoldering <laughs> Children, I'm out. After Smoldering Children, we're maybe two minutes of runtime of this whole episode and largely irrelevant. Oh, um, God, they really thought this was hey, a Larry episode, huh? Hey, at well, least they were in the episode. The, spooky little girl didn't have any spooky little girls in here's it. Here's the game, um, Ty. Like you, you have to guess the last two episode titles after we've seen them, okay? Because they're linked, but I'm not going to say how. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, then I will, I will, I will do my best to not see them. Uh, until next time, folks. Uh, <laughs> see you later. Yeah. See you later. I guess. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>